send the Thunder home. Lillard, long-range three, and it's good! At the buzzer, Damian Lillard! Are you kidding me? We are good, Chris Weberface. Charlemagne face. What's happening? Are you in a rocking chair? A rocking chair? What this am I, 90? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a lot of uh, creaking over there. Oh, my God. Um, no, I'm not in a rocking chair. Just saying, it sounds like a lot of creaking. All right. Are you good? Are you good? I'm fantastic. I don't know the past couple of weeks. I don't know if technology hasn't been on our side, but I am fantastic. Don't blame technology. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. I'm gonna blame technology. Happens when a robots come and kill us all. Just go back to this conversation when I blame technology. And wow. They're coming for you first. <laughs> I want to get right into the sports first because I feel like the latter half of this is going to be uh, quite lengthy. But we open with the call from Dame's game-winning series-ending (laughs) three-point shot. Did you watch that game? I did. And it was a struggle for me, those West Coast games. Um, but I felt in my gut. I felt in my gut that I needed to watch that game. And I almost threw in the towel. In fact, I did. I did throw in the towel. Portland went on that little run, and they went up by like nine or eight points, I believe. And OKC took that timeout, and they came back. And then OKC went on like a 14-2 run. And took the lead. So it was like seven minutes left. I was like, all right, OKC probably got this. Cool. I'm okay. Went to sleep. Halfway got there. I wasn't in my rim yet. I wasn't in my rim stage. But I was getting there. And some loud mouths outside my window woke me from my stupor. And when I turned over, <laughs> the score was 115-115. And Dame had the ball. And I said, holy hell, he's going to win this game. And when he dribbled and dribbled and dribbled, and you can just tell that nigga was not looking to pass to nobody. 
He wasn't trying to set up no play. He was like, I'm going to take this shot. If I miss, we go to overtime. Cool. We're at home. We could probably pull this out. And if I make it, that's going to be it. Did you think he was going to make the shot? I did. I honestly did. I said, Damon's going to pull it from that logo. But he stepped up a few feet from the logo. I was surprised about that. But I was like, this nigga's going to launch a three. I called it. In my head, sitting on my bed, I sat up. I'm like, this nigga's going to hit this shot from 30 feet. I watched the game. There was 20 seconds left. I said, let me run to the bathroom right quick. I got out of the bathroom in just enough time to see him dribble the ball (laughs) past the half-court line. And I was like, all right, either he's going to pull it and it's going to brick or it's going to bank in and that's going to be game. Um. I was expecting it to brick, not going to lie. So when it went in, I legit was standing there, mouth open like, oh, snap. You know he's like 8 for 12 from 30 feet. The Steve, the, the Stephen Curry effect where nobody in their right mind before was pulling these yeah. ridiculous shots or having a green light. To pull these ridiculous shots. Um, yeah, so when Paul George said it was a bad shot, he was right. It was a bad shot, but not for Dame Dollar. Because he's damn near been clutch from 30 feet in the playoffs. Like, he, P, PG ain't do the homework. Like, he, he, he ain't look at the scouting report. Because the very first shot of the series was 30 feet from Dame Dollar. So it was like... That ain't a bad shot. They might be a bad shot for your number zero, but not Portland's num- number zero. Like, that's his thing. Them 30-foot joints, he's been clutched this playoffs from that, like 60%. I, uh, they kept going back to uh, the series where he got the Rockets out of here off of a catch-and-shoot. Yep. And I, I laugh at Dame's... Uh, just something about him, like complete opposite from Russell Westbrook in terms of the energy. Like Dame is a laid back nigga. Uh-huh. Dame, like I don't know when this nigga's excited. I don't know when this nigga's mad. I don't know when this nigga's happy. Like Yo, the face when he was on the floor when his whole team was on top of him. <laughs> Like, that's pick of the year so far. <laughs> I, I would like to ask, as a basketball player, what would you rather? The shot to quiet the crowd on the road or the shot to send your home crowd in the uproar? Send your, for, the, for the home crowd. Do it for your homies. I feel like uh, doing that on a road and bringing a hush over 20,000 people <laughs> and being, being able to put your finger to your mouth like, shh, I think there's something gratifying in that for me. The way, the, the way bye-bye on the walk-off, that was just as gratifying. That was just as devastating to me as... <laughs> If they was if he was an OKC and he hit that shot, because he probably couldn't wave by because they're home. 
So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it wouldn't have had the same effect. But that bye-bye, he just woke up and was like, bye. See y'all in October, nigga. He, yo, Dame, um, you asked me who the better zero was and between him and Westbrook. And something Shannon said this week on um, Undisputed keeps playing back to my mind. And that's him saying Russ um, distracted us with the triple doubles. Mm-hmm. We forgot. Um, he said it's like the, the he equated it to the girl that has the one trick. Yeah, she's cute, but you forget that she has a bad personality. You forget that she don't like to talk to people. You forget that all this other stuff is um attached to her, but you distracted by how good she looks. And he said Russ distracted us with the triple doubles. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his play, it's the same inconsistent, horrible efficiency. Um, yeah, it, it's all that stuff. Yeah, he'll give you a triple double, but what is it gonna cost the team at the end of the day? Like, he yeah, has he's not he's not primed for today's league. Like, when you look at Dane, comparing him to Dane, because that's the series that we're talking about now. Dane can shoot. Dane can pass if he needed to. Um, he's kind of, you know, he's a little bit smaller than Russ. He's not as athletic, so he's not as good of a rebounder. I think Russ's rebounds are, are padded anyway, but um, that's another story for another day. But this is a shooting league. Steph and them, they changed everything. You have to be able to hit threes. Look at LeBron. LeBron would have been... I don't even know. But he came in super athletic, high-flying, and he couldn't shoot. He didn't have a jump shot at all. He didn't have a jump shot at all. I'm trying to think of somebody who was, like, athletic and could play a little bit but couldn't shoot of that caliber. But And then he had to teach himself. He had to work on a jump shot. Blake Griffin, the same thing. I remember he was on... um. Chris Carter show, and he was talking about how he was in the gym first thing in the morning all day, and he would go to like a little cruddy gym where nobody else was because it was embarrassing. Like his jump shot was embarrassing, and he had to relearn how to shoot a jump shot, and it, you know, he worked on it all off season. Would you say Iggy's in that same category in terms of athletic and not knowing how to shoot and having to? Pick up some example, yeah. When he was in Philly, he was a high flyer all over the place, super athletic, dunking on everybody. And he the nigga couldn't shoot, he still can't shoot. He can't. And which is surprising to me, the year he won the uh finals MVP that first year. Um there was a game where he was Ding up LeBron, but he hit like four threes that game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, every time Iggy gets the ball, I'm like, why is this nigga shooting? He got a weird form. His form is even, like, disgusting. Like, what are you doing? 
one of the things I admire about Vince, um, Vince could jump out the building, but he had a jump shot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of back too. Yeah, a lot of those players that we name now, um, they're known for jumping out of the building. Um, Russ being one of them, you can he he'll give you energy all day, all night, and jump out of the building with the best of them. But yeah. the jump shot ain't really there. Yeah, and he'll try his best. Like, and I love him for it. Like, he gives his all when he's out there, and he'll you know he he be trying. Like, he really be trying, but it's just he he just has no jump shot. He has no jump shot, and he'll just keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. It's like I get it, shooters gotta shoot, but he's not a shooter. And at some point, he has to come to the realization that yo, I, there's something. Maybe I gotta change my form, like, cause this jump shot thing is just not working for me right now. And right. 2019, this is a shooting league. So he's going to probably keep averaging triple-doubles. And they'll probably keep going to the playoffs, get 45, 50 wins every season. And and then you meet a juggernaut, Houston Rockets, built for today's league. Golden State, built for today's league. Portland. Him and CJ shooting it out the gym. Like, you have contenders in your conference that's built for the league right now and your team is not and even with the contract i saw that they're paying steven adams 26 million dollars steven adams he did nothing for them in this series yo in this cancer gave that nigga i'm like how is he getting 26 for what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna skate here and we can go back, but I think that is the very reason why LeBron is not gonna see um success in the West because everybody around him is built for today's league. And unless the Lakers get players around him yeah. that can shoot. The Lakers totally to don't have a team for LeBron. I don't know what magic I don't know who put that team together, but that was stupid. Like, the formula for LeBron to win has been laid out by the Heat with putting shooters, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, Mike Miller, went back to Cleveland, Kyrie, Kevin Love, Channing Frye, Richard Jefferson. Like, the blueprint was laid. The recipe was is there. And then y'all give this nigga Lance Stevenson, <laughs> Rajon Rondo... Like, JaVale McGee. <laughs> what? Magic, nigga, what are you doing? The niggas was freestyling. Um, Bruh. So, niggas- yeah, as it stands right now, even if, you know, LeBron was healthy and they were the fourth seed or whatever, like, them niggas would have got bounced. They wasn't, they wasn't going to even make it to the conference finals. Like, because they, you can't, you can't, you can't win without shooting today. Not today. Do you want to hold off on the next round of predictions because everything hasn't been laid out? Or well, yo, what do you think about the Clippers and Golden State, though? I might be ready. Remember that year Golden State, the Warriors beat the Mavs in the first round. 
Yes. Shock the hell out of everybody. Yes. Yes, I do. B B Diddy. Um Yeah, Steven Jackson, them niggas. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm not ready to say that that's gonna happen. Um like if you watched that game, you saw that Golden State did not play defense. I don't have to tell you that. I'm you know, I'm not making a hot take. As a matter of fact, that's a very cold take that they didn't play defense. But um, Shaq has been saying uh, it's like you keep – there comes a time when you keep trying to hit the switch and it just don't work. And personally, I think Steph needs to do something. Uh, he needs to take more shots. I get it. KD was a hot hand, but KD didn't have no help <clears throat> last game. They didn't play no defense. And KD didn't have no help. Clay gave him 20-something. Steph gave him 20-something. But it was a very quiet 20 from both of them. Um, but on the flip side, Lou Williams has been a killer. If he's, if the man is the NBA's highest-scoring sixth man, it should, somebody's mind, Steve Kerr, the, the assistant coaches, D him up. Like, that nigga was getting clear, clear and that nigga, um, Harrell, that nigga ain't gonna have another game like that. Um, Patrick Beverly, <laughs> get it out your system. Like, I told Juan, I was like, yo, Patrick Beverly on the heels of this dang dollar shot, Patrick Beverly gonna come out feeling himself, and sure enough, he had like four threes in the first half. I'm like, see. My thing with Golden State is KD scored 45 points. Steph had 20-something. I think he shot like 70% from the three, from three points. Clay had, what, 26? They didn't have a lot of turnovers. And they still lost. At home. To the Clippers. Like, the Clippers are putting up 129-135 comeback from a 31-point deficit in Golden State. Like, this is the eighth seed. This is the eighth seed. Doc Rivers said it best. That team plays with a lot of, um, he said confidence, and Lou Williams called it arrogance, and I think that's exactly what it is. Not in a negative sense, but they play like, okay, and, and, when you play against that team with an okay and attitude, like most teams go say come out and hit 10 threes on you in the first quarter, it's going to be a long night. Wrap it up, start your buses. Um, even a 30 point game, if them niggas got a 30 point lead on you, that's usually signs of st- head to the um, <laughs> head to your cars, yeah. listen to the game on your way home. Um, I do think, uh, defensive Golden State team comes out Friday and I do think um like Clay said at the end of the end of the game like this game was this game sucked we need to just go out there and play like we normally can you know win by 30 like we can do like but I'm looking forward to the Friday do you I believe think, in Steve Kerr Steve Kerr is on um autopilot he don't got to um coach that team the niggas don't listen to <laughs> Niggas, don't listen to Steve Kerr. 
Today at a press conference, he told them to turn the music down so the reporters can hear him. And Draymond told him to turn the music back up. Them niggas don't listen to Steve Kerr. <laughs> Steve Kerr has no zero control over that team, and that's because they are on cruise control. And they like, what? What's Steve Kerr gonna say to them that they don't know already? Yeah. Do you see his demeanor on a bench? That nigga be laid that nigga be sitting and laid back with two arms up, like. Not like sitting up at the edge on the edge of the chair, like he be laid back, arms behind, both people on the side. Of it. Like, bro, you at work? Get up! <laughs> Why are you sitting that sitting down like that? But yeah, I don't believe in I don't believe in Steve Kerr as a coach. I don't at all. I, I think it's um, Golden State's one of those teams where. They're gonna beat themselves, and they're also gonna coach themselves like to a a a, a better victory. Only reason why I say that is you got too too much talent on that team for them to come out and be like, all right, well we're just gonna lay down for the Clippers. Clippers been showing that they ain't gonna lay down for y'all. So yeah. Um, and the other thing is, like I said, Clay and Steph both had quiet twenty point games. If the Clippers think. Cause they did it before. They went to they went to Staples and showed out. If the Clippers oh. think um, that's not gonna happen, they're gonna Staples be, in be sounding like baby Oracle. Golden State got mad fans <laughs> in LA. Apparently, that's a, that's a, uh, a four hour drive. Most people that live in LA tell me because I used to always think they were close. That's a four hour yeah. drive. From San yeah. Fran to LA. And you think them niggas is not for the playoffs? Wanna go home for real? Yeah. Them niggas is gonna be out there showing out. Um, the difference between the Clippers and Golden State, the Clippers are inconsistent. So, like I said, Patrick Belfort's not gonna have another game like that. Lou Will's gonna get he Lou Will's gonna do him, and Harrell's not gonna have another game like that. The Warriors, however. KD can give you another 45-point game. Steph can give you a 30-point game. And Clay can give you a 30-point game. What do you make of Draymond? He has seven points. I don't know what, like, I don't know if this nigga's too busy trying to hang with Maverick and LeBron, but this nigga, like, it looks like he's not focused on basketball at all. I mean, three, ring, three rings do it to you. I'd be surprised if they brought him back next season. I'd be surprised if they brought back uh, Sean Livingston as well. Sean Livingston has he he has been good for um, these three years. This year he's just he had two points last night. Yeah, off the bench and Clippers guy off the bench had thirty three points. Like the, the Clippers bench has been blitzing them. The bench had fifty seven. Um, and Golden State had like ten. Yeah, so for that to work, that's gonna that's gonna have to change. But um, we were talking about this new age of basketball and um, the athlete. I want to get into this thing. Essentially, I don't know who makes these stupid things, but this is a point guard pyramid, and it's broken down into tiers: tier one through five. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, 
I'll post this in the comments uh, so you guys can see it or post it as a, a just a different image. But tier one, Steph. Tier two. All right, what's the criteria? That's what. This is what I don't know. Okay. But I, I was having a conversation when I sent this to you. I was having a conversation asking my coworkers if they agreed with this, and I, I'll get into what they agreed with later. But um, Steph, tier one. Tier two, Dame Dollar, Westbrook, Kyrie, tier three, Lowry. I don't know why this nigga's a tier three. Ben Simmons, um, Wall, Kimball Walker, and um, Russell. Brooklyn Russ. Uh, tier four, um, <laughs> this nigga. Conley, um, Knox. CP3 tier four. Wow. Derek Rose also tier four. <laughs> Derek what? Yeah. Derek Rose is not tearing anything right now. Yeah. On his ACL. I was gonna I was just getting ready to say his ACL. <laughs> You're an evil person. Why do you think like me? <laughs> tier five. Lonzo, Rondo, Beverly. Drajic and yeah but yeah I don't agree with Steph being tier one um, because the conversation didn't let him as a tier one yeah if you take Steph away from the Warriors they are not the Warriors and you can plug anybody else from their team and their team will have some sort of success but the heartbeat of what Golden State does is so contingent upon Steph Curry being out there. And, uh, like, we already saw what Boston can do without Kyrie. Like, they were one game. They were, like, minutes away from the finals uh, last year. Russ, like, we we spoke about Russ. He's just not... Like, you can plug any... You can put Lonzo... You can put Lonzo on the Thunder, and they'll, they'll be okay. Um, so I think Dame is cool for two. Like, Steph is clearly, he's like the only one who, if of these point guards, like, if you take them, take him from his team, that team is not that team. So that's why I'm okay with Steph being tier one. Is Steph the best point guard in the league? Now, when you say best, what do you mean? Best at scoring, best at distributing, best at being a floor general? This is part of the conversation that I was involved in earlier because that was the criteria that I was saying. One of my coworkers was like, no, Steph is by far the best. I'm like, I wouldn't jump out the window and say he's the best point guard in the league. If you take away Steph's shooting, because he's in a class by himself in terms of his shooting ability. He can shoot, he can dribble, he can create his own shot, and he can finish at the rim. Okay. Now, everything else you... Uh, and he's a great free throw shooter. You mentioned before being a floor general. See, now that, to me, that's, that criteria is kind of obsolete. Because the league right now is kind of almost positionless. Where in Golden State in particular, they don't really have like a real point guard. 
Draymond brings it up sometime. KD brings it up sometime. Um, Clay brings it up sometimes. Sometimes Boogie be running his fat ass up the court with the ball. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of teams are like that. It's not. Is there's no real point guard? Um, the most one I can say is uh, dude from Denver, um, CP. Russ, he brings you like most of the time he has the ball. Benson, Benson was a, such a ball. Like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like traditional point guards like uh, Isaiah Thomas or you know, like Magic Johnson or John Stockton, like that doesn't really exist today to me. If you feel otherwise, you know, you know. I, I no, no, no. It, it it doesn't. Um, but that's where my mind automatically goes to when, uh, you have oh best at this position. Like it goes to those different criteria. And for point guard, I feel like floor general. Like, cause I keep saying you can't look at for me you can't look at shooting ability for a point guard because i was always brought up thinking that a point guard wasn't supposed to score i get that that's not how it is now exactly like all of them they all shoot most of them except for ben Ben simmons doesn't shoot at all (laughs) (laughs) Uh, lonzo don't have a good shot derrick rose but like most of them shoot, Dame, Kyrie, Steph, um, D'Angelo, Kemba, Will can't shoot. Like you know what I mean? Like most of them, they score. Like a lot of point guards are scoring now. Like back in the day, it wasn't like that. They would average maybe like ten points. You know what I mean? Eight rebounds, twelve points, or whatever. Point guards today, they're like twenty four, twenty six. Like the point percentage is up there. So, and this is where I'm I'm gonna try to move because I feel like we're just gonna keep going because I I don't know clearly defined what a point guard is today because in most cases that you name it the point guards are scoring more than the shooting guards. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. So it's kind of like. All right. Well, uh, what is a point? What is a point guard today? Because this is the smallest guy in the court. <laughs> essentially, yeah. The, the, the nigga that's the shortest on the court yeah. is the one that's deemed the point guard. Yeah. That's weird, and that's crazy. Um, yeah, because they can all score. Like I'm trying to think: is Kyrie a better scorer than Steph? Can't really say. Is Steph a better scorer than Dane? Can't really say. Is Kimba a better scorer than... I don't know. Kyrie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't really say. Like, all of these niggas be putting up points. Trey Young. Where this nigga pop up from? Um... Yeah, I'm pretty cool with the first three 
I would take John Wall out just because he's like the nigga. He hasn't even really played the past couple seasons. Um, I would definitely take Derrick Rose out of this entire pyramid. <laughs> Him, Lonzo, um, Jeff Teague. Mike, like, what has Mike Conley done? This is what I'm saying. That's why I in the past three seasons, that nigga's getting the bag too. Dragic, I'll take him out. Heat lifer, but you know it is what it is. Like a few of these dudes, I would just completely take out of the entire pyramid. I would love how they based uh, the tiers as well because that's the only thing why I'm like, why is I'm a fan, but why is Steph a tier one and Dame and Kyrie a tier two? Yeah, I would probably put all three of them. That should be like you would put Kyrie, Steph, and Dame tier one. Yeah, I wouldn't put um I wouldn't put Steph up there by himself. Like he is I think that's where uh I'm stuck, is that it looks like it looks like to me that you're saying Steph is the best point guard in the league based off of your pyramid and then everybody else is Yeah. Yeah. That that that's how that's how I, I I look at it. But if you had them all in tier one, I wouldn't be able to disagree with you. Yeah, you're right. Them yeah. them, them three niggas, yeah. And then the ne- so yeah, that's that's my beef, is that I get confused looking at it because it's like, all right, well Steph is supreme to all everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I think we should. I think we should do the predictions anyway. Um, only because we're only waiting for two teams. Um, but so let's start in the East. Bucks, Celtics. That's gonna be a good one. Remember the um, Eric Bledsoe versus Scary Terry. Yes, I do. last season. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's going to be, like, I'm, I'm interested to see that. I think that goes seven games. Yeah, definitely. Um, The second round, like, the first round is a little bit shaky. Second round joints is, if Golden State hold up, them versus the Rockets in the East, the Bucks versus the Celtics. Those are going to be pretty dope. Some someone's going to get to the conference finals and the finals banged up. Yeah, the Raptors versus the 76ers. We all know Serge Ibaka got a, a short fuse. And we know Joel is a troll god. That can get a little chippy. Who do you like in the Boston Bucks series? I'm not sold on the Bucks. I was gonna say I got Celtics and seven only yeah, because I got the Celtics and seven. If you stop Giannis, who else is going? Who else on the Bucks can do it for you? And like you mentioned before, the Celtics were minutes away without Kyrie. And Kyrie is one of the greatest closers in NBA. 
in NBA history. Like, talk about clutch. He had probably the biggest shot in NBA history taking down a 73-win Golden State team coming down from 3-1. So, like, you have... The Bucks don't have that. Yeah, Giannis is going to need a lot of help in Boston, and I don't think he and has... Al Horford, he's annoying. Like, like, his game just annoys me. He's just like... I don't know, his body... <laughs> the way he moves his body to me is like, go sit down. Al Horford reminds... Every time I see him, I think he should be on the Spurs. Yeah, he's just like, shouldn't you be playing polo or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't belong on the hardwood. But he's a great defender. He'd be locking up Joel, and Brad Stevens is probably going to put him on Giannis and, you know, throw some some defensive schemes at him that he probably hasn't really seen. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to take Boston in, in seven. I think Jalen Brown and Al Horford are going to give Giannis a defensive headache. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Jalen Brown, is a, he's a scrappy one, too. And, um, Toronto, Philly. I'm going to say Toronto. Toronto in, I want to say six. (laughs) Take me back to 2001, AI versus Vince. Yeah. Last time Philly and Toronto met in the playoffs, and that playoff series was lit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Toronto in seven. I'm a, uh, they're probably gonna go back and forth. It's gonna be like alternating wins. Yeah. What I uh, what to your point though, uh, to Embiid being a troll god, Serge really don't be playing that. He really don't. <laughs> that really nigga don't. will pop off in a heartbeat. <laughs> I think um, this is a series where Embiid gets a sharp elbow or like really hard fouls. Like he gonna Embiid gonna get beat up. Mm-hmm. He gonna get beat up. Not in a um, not in the 90s type of beat up um, but in a sense of he like when they used to abuse Shaq in the paint mm-hmm. and B going to get he going to get banged around a lot yeah and they got bodies in, in Toronto bigger bodies than what Brooklyn had I like the fact that they were going to um, Brooklyn and Philly were trying to restore the feeling and Portland and OKC were trying to restore the feeling. I like that. Uh, let's go at each other. Yeah. It makes the game more fun. Yeah. I got Toronto in, I'm going to say seven, mainly because uh, I, they are going to go back and forth. It's not going to be um, decisively dominant either way. And because Kyle Lowry still plays. Kyle. Yeah, count on Kyle for, you know, one of these Raptors L's. <laughs> yeah. He he's gonna F up one of these uh um the West, we're still waiting. Uh 
Denver Spurs just went to game seven. And I just knew Denver was going to close this out. Nigga, if we look at our predictions from the first round, the number of games, we may have got the games right, but the number of games. Yeah, we definitely had the Clippers winning just one game. I remember that. Yeah. We yeah. had OKC winning that series 4 1. But that's before we knew CJ. I thought CJ was out. I don't know why I thought that. I could have sworn I saw that he had gotten injured and he was done. Because he didn't play a good part of the, the, the last few games, season. right? But I still would have picked um, Oklahoma to win that, even with CJ playing. I would have picked them in for six. Portland, I think. Uh, Portland could make I, it to the finals, the conference finals. They could, because I don't know if Denver has enough to. They have the bodies. But in terms yeah. of scoring, I don't think... Uh, it's struggling versus the Spurs, and the Spurs don't have anybody, but LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, who's only good for, like, 18. We said that uh, Denver was going to beat these niggas, but I'm a little... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know now. Like, mm. I, I want to see um, Golden State-Houston, and I want to see... Um, I don't know. I want to see Portland Denver. I want to see that. I don't know if I want to see um, Dame and these niggas run Aldridge off the court because they ain't gonna be able to do nothing with um <laughs> <laughs> them them tall niggas in uh, Texas ain't gonna be able to keep up with um Dame and these niggas. But we'll we'll uh we'll wait for these next couple games to pan out. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling like Golden State's going to lose tonight. Um, it might shift everything. Golden State will not let Patrick Beverly. Remember <laughs> everybody was saying that about the, well, you know, KD wasn't there, but remember when they was up 3-1, it was like, and that picture of LeBron sitting on the bench and it was memes out everywhere. Like when you know your your season is over. And here they come roaring back. Oh, it's no way. Golden State, 73 win. Two-time MVP. There's no way they're going to lose this series after being up three games to one. I think history uh does not repeat itself i think they learned from that and i think that's probably placido over their locker room um three and one because that's the and beat even joked about that when they beat the nets oh we didn't want to end up like <laughs> so uh if you are um a betting person i would say not to bet against steph in this type of situation um, I hate the fact that they feel like they can just turn it on whenever they want, but that's neither here nor there. Do you that. think they're consciously thinking that, or is just something that's, you know, maybe living in their subconscious and it just plays out? I think they think that because of the scoring that they know that they can produce. So it's like, all right, nigga, you get up, uh, like last year. They used to make crazy comebacks in the third quarter. Like, yeah. 
It was it was almost as if they waited until the third quarter to be like, all right, let me stop playing. Like, I, f- I feel the same thing about Kyrie. Like, Kyrie turns it on whenever he wants. He doesn't, like... Yeah. He doesn't have, uh like, Russ for 82 Yeah, it games just goes games. every give it all, every game. Yeah, Kyrie doesn't have that. Yeah. I don't think they... Uh, I don't think they fall because of this. I, I think they learn from their mistakes. And um, again, Steve Kerr is not going to out coach Doc Rivers. Steve Kerr ain't going to out coach nobody. But this is what I'm saying. He ain't so. coaching. He's not done. Remember when they, in 2016, when the Cavs was giving them fits, when Della Vadova had to, was, was clamping Curry? Yo. And Golden State didn't really know what to do. And the video coordinator was like, hey, there's this little small lineup that you can use with Iguodala. That was the video coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can find that. Go, go, go small ball with uh, Iggy and go this kind of That changed everything for the, the next three years. The whole league was like, holy hell, what is this? Yeah, because you didn't know what to do. There's no true center. Like, everybody is rebound and wow. Yeah, that was the video coordinator. Um, I know you're not really big on NFL draft, but Giants fans are going through it because they drafted. Who was that nigga that they drafted? This quarterback from Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Duke had a football team that was decent enough to have players drafted, but sure enough, the Giants found their quarterback. I'm sure niggas is sick. Yeah, I don't know what Gettleman and them niggas is doing over there in East Rutherford. <laughs> you see the clip of the niggas booing in the stadium when they drafted this nigga? <laughs> Who grew up in New Jersey and yeah, I don't, I don't get it. The Redskins took him, right? Yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. And the NFC least, as Skip calls it. Yeah. Oh, Shannon, one of them niggas. Um, That's crazy, though. The rest of the draft hasn't been that eventful. Um, Teams just doing stupid stuff uh, like the Colts who traded their 26 pick backwards, not forward. <laughs> These Probably some picks. defensive lineman they're, they're looking at. It'll be all right. Y'all will be back in the playoffs. These niggas aggravate me. But yeah, if you're not really big on draft, uh, don't look for your coverage here because. Please don't. We're not going through uh, one through. Kyler Murray did go first. Um, no surprise there. Which begs me to believe that they're going to trade. Uh, Josh. Yeah, Josh is probably gone. Um, all right. The meat gravy of this episode. Beehive, I'm sure if you, you're fans, that you're anxiously awaiting this uh 
album breakdown. Um, I want you, when we go through this, to give me your favorite non-single from these albums. Okay. Favorite, favorite record that wasn't a single from these albums. Um, I will let you go first as we go through Beyonce's catalog. Um, I will say the disclaimer of Beehive, however we feel is how we feel. <laughs> we do enjoy Beyonce, but it's time for her to step to the hot seat. So, without further I was trying to do the draft music. That was terrible. All right. More accurate, yeah. Um, Number one, Dangerously in Love. I did not like this album at all. Like in 2019. Okay. So I don't know if I have a favorite song. I don't know if I have a favorite non-single. I don't know if I have a favorite song. Maybe Crazy in Love. Um, but yeah, it's the only like the first few songs hit for me. After that, it's like after like six. Kind of a doozy. Um, she was like 21, 22 when she dropped this. Her voice sounds so immature. And I, don't know, I, I don't know if it's because... I don't know if it's because I'm so used to hearing her like now loud and boisterous and, you know... On all these vocal flexes, but and she's been singing pretty much all her life. Like she was in Destiny's Child, so it wasn't like it kind of reminded me of um, American Idol when they would do those auditions, and then Simon would be like, "Oh yeah, you have a nice voice, but you're not really ready." And her voice sounded to me like she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't ready to put out a solo album. I don't know. That was weird. It was a weird take for me to come to, but I couldn't get past how. Immature, her voice sounded. Are you part of the hive? I don't know if I'm a part of the hive, but I'm not a hater. All right, all right, all right. Um, so yeah, that's dangerously in love. That's my take on dangerously in love. I contemplated coming up here and saying this, but then I said, why would I do that? This is our platform. Uh, I'm going to give you a hot take. Beyonce, prior to prior to the four album, Beyonce does not have an album that you can play straight through, top down. Um, 
There are skips. We're gonna go through it. I'm 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 gonna make Sasha my point. Fierce is is it has replay value to it me. Is, it has replay value, but from top down, can you well, listen? Well, it was like fifty songs, so you know it's hard. It's hard to just go through what is it? Twenty songs straight. On Dangerously in Love, for me, the song that I liked that wasn't a single was uh, Signs from uh, with her and Missy. Missy, yeah. Um, but also uh, Speechless. And I agree with you in that I listened to this album and I was like, it sounds like she's doing a whole lot of unnecessary singing. Like, I think this is... <laughs> This is when they used to make all the jokes about her singing and doing all the <laughs> like when I listened to this album, that's all I could think about was why is she doing so much unnecessary singing? I love what you what you said about it sounded like she wasn't ready to do a solo album. Um you can just <laughs> I equated listening to this her discography to watching Arya Stark grow up in Game of Thrones, because it's like Destiny's Child, they were all young yeah. and innocent, and she came out with this album, you can tell they were still trying to portray her to be mm-hmm. young and innocent, and then you hear the development as the albums go like go along, yeah. you're like, oh, okay. Very good analogy. Um, Thank you, I, I worked very hard on this. Uh, <laughs> did a lot of homework on this Beyonce thing. Um, but yeah, that's my Beyonce um, Dangerously in Love take B-Day. Aye, aye, aye. Songs, not singles. Um... Because singles out just out, I mean, probably know, but for those that don't, that are listening, that aren't really Beyonce fans, the singles from, let me go back and do it uh, Dangerous in Love, Crazy in Love, Baby Boy, Me, Myself, and I, and Naughty Girl. Singles from B Day, Deja Vu, Ring the Alarm, Irreplaceable, Beautiful Liar, Get Me Bodied, Green Light. Wait, Upgrade You wasn't one? No. Right, so that would be my favorite non-single from this album. I didn't like this particular song until I saw it perform live. but um, And I didn't even know this song existed in her catalog. I thought she was freestyling the first time I saw her perform it live. But Resentment. Hmm. Why did it draw you in live? Because I think um, the setup, I think she did flaws and all and Mm -hmm. then went into resentment or it may have been like, I don't know. I I forget the, the sequencing of it, but when she was singing it, I was like, oh, well, dang. Did you join the Beehive at that moment? No. Um, 
like you, I don't know if I'm a part of the hive, but I can say for sure that I listen to every album that she has. I enjoy the time she puts into her show from she production. She's the wife of yes. your little god. Don't do that. But to be honest with you, that's why I was kind of skeptical in the beginning when they first got together because I, I didn't really like, I was like, okay, Jay just married the chick from Destiny's Child. <laughs> wow, the disrespect. Beehive. I can, I, I'm swatting. I'm swatting, swatting the bees away Swat as we bees. speak. But, um, <laughs> Everybody who's a Beyonce fan or in the hive, if you come up here and try to say that before when they first got married or, or they first started dating, she was the biggest star in a relationship, you're lying to yourself. She has eclipsed him as the biggest star in a relationship, but at the time when they first got together, that was not the case. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody can argue that. Unless you're delusional. Um, talking like what, 2001? Yeah. Well, when did this joint come out? I think 2006. Came out 2000... 2006. They were together before that. Yeah, but Dangerous in Love came out 2003. That's our solo career. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Nah. She wasn't bigger than him at that point. But. And listening to these albums like uh, in order, again, I was I was listening to them feeling like, fam, she's really developed. <laughs> she's she's developed, but also you can't listen uh, not until the later albums. You can't listen straight through. Like it's like, all right, yeah, yeah. I can do without Kitty Cat. I can do without this song. <laughs> I can like, all right, <laughs> okay. Um, like, yeah, she had a lot of throwaways. Fam, I listened to this and said her concerts are a perfect matchup. If you listen, if you never listened to a Beyonce album and only listened to her concerts, mm -hmm. you would be like, this is a perfect blend of all of her songs. You wouldn't even yeah. think to go to the rest yeah. of the songs. Yeah. Um what is I don't want to say halftime, but what is your favorite Beyonce album? Um probably a tie between four and lemonade. I hate that you do this to make me seem like I just agree with you and we're supposed to be dis like arguing, but and look going back and listening to these albums, four might be yeah. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. Um what Beyonce album do you think had the most memorable smashes? Oh, most memorable smashes. 
Well, we are a prisoner of the time, so probably lemonade. Like that's most quoted. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lemonade or Beyonce. Where are we at? We haven't gone to the next one, but um, yeah, we just jumped over. Uh, no, 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 no. We're gonna go back to it because I, I, I asked you what was your favorite Beyonce album, and then what had the most memorable hits. Um, Sasha Fierce had a lot of <laughs> a lot of singles. Yeah, it was um, a long album. It it, it was. Um, I, I'm trying to think what had the most memorable. All right, because B-Day did. Um, but Sasha Fish, you had single ladies. With, uh, yeah. That's every. That song was everywhere. You go to a wedding now. Yeah. And they go to Garda. That's the song that they're going to play. Yeah. Um. That also had Ego and Halo and Diva. Um, I was trying to find out where uh, she started taking over her career, like where the change happened. Mm-hmm. Because on I Am Sasha Fierce. I'm Sasha Fierce. I was going to say, when I Am Sasha Fierce, you still were getting that... Um, Poppy, uh, ballad Beyonce, like yeah, because like the first half of Sasha Fierce, she was still giving you like that polished expectation of what Beyonce should be, but then like in the second half, she gets you know kind of like raunchy and ratchet, like real Houston type, you know what I mean? And I think that was like the switch for her. It was like okay. I can create on a, on a different level um, and produce a lot of different sounds. And I think we got that with Beyonce. What's your favorite? Yeah, it was just like, okay, Beyonce, we see you. What's your favorite non-single from Sasha Fierce? Oh, man. Okay. What are the singles? Singles from Sasha Fierce. If I were a boy, single ladies, diva, halo, ego, sweet dreams, broken hearted girl, video phone, which should not have been released on anything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ave Maria, I love that song. Okay. Because she shows a lot of vocal ability, vocal control. It's a really sweet song. A little classical, which I love. The music, uh, the music head in me likes um, radio only because let me see if I play a little bit of it. I just I think I like the vocal arrangements from her and uh, let me see. 
I think it's the chorus, and I I, I, thought, I thought it was <laughs> mad catchy when I was <laughs> listening to it over. I'm like, I forgot about this joint. Um, yeah, let me see this joint right here. I'll be on the hotline like every day. Make it short a season, know what I want him to play. You know I got my top back and my feet let out. Rocking my sign of shades and turning up my radio. Out. Turn up my radio. That part right there. I don't yeah. know if you heard it, but the fall in love with my stereo. I was like, oh, snap. I forgot about this. Yeah. She has some She has some joints on Sasha Fierce. I can't remember. like, And that's why I asked you which one had the biggest hits because I was going, going to listen to them like, this nigga had at least four or five singles every time she put an album. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bananas. Um, so we move from Danger, uh, Sasha Fierce to four. <sighs> Can I give me the singles? Singles. Run the world. Mm-hmm. Best thing I never had. Mm-hmm. Party. Love on top, countdown, end of time. Um, I was here. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, this was the album when I went back and listened to it. I played it straight through, and I was like, "Oh, okay. I don't got to skip here." And this was here when I was like. This might be the best Beyonce album. Um, or Lemonade. Yeah, I, I like Lemonade too. I'm going to get to that. But that's why I said I hate that you make me agree with you because those are the same two albums that I would have said yeah. um, would be like 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Countdown. Okay. Hold on. There's another one. Um, of course, one plus one. Yeah, I like one plus one. I think she performed at one of those award shows on like top of a piano or something. Yeah. 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 For, there's a couple of joints on here that I like outside of the singles. Um Dang, I'm trying to think. What's that other journal? Um, is I Care one of the singles? No. So, but I, I like I, that. But that's what I'm saying. This is one of the albums where even the songs that weren't singles yeah. were knocking. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah. 
Uh, you know what? Um, I think also the four album when she started performing this one, Sasha Fish, she always says that it it opened up her stage performance when she did this, um, like because it was like her alter ego. Mm-hmm. But this four album, I feel like when she started performing these songs, like you started to see the performer, like, all right, this nigga ain't playing. Yeah. Yeah. And she really started to get into her entertainment bag. This is this is a single, but this is my did I do singles from four yet? Yeah. Yeah. But this drink right here, even though it's a single. I don't know what it was about the horns. Then the yeah, like... yeah. <sighs> I don't. I, again, Hive. I don't want you to attack me for what's getting ready to come up next. <laughs> I have to give this a slimmer. But um, going from four, which I thought was a really, really, really dope album, and um. Still can't tell you which CD produced the best hits. I feel like this is where she started doing stadium music. But, and this is where it changes everything, the Beyonce album, I don't know if I was a fan of. Yeah. When I went back and... Listen to it. I was like, um, I remember this was the surprise album with the videos and mm-hmm. let me see. Let me see. Um, yeah. So the singles from Beyonce: "Exo," "Drunken Love," "Partition," and "Pretty Hurts." reason why I preface what I was saying earlier with Hive Don't Come At Me is I think this was after she had the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this album seemed a little dark. Seemed a little dark. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the, like as a slight or knock against her, but you can hear it. Like There's a stark difference between four and then it was kind of like Rihanna. It was like she was all bubbly, 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 and then Chris Brown beat her ass, and then she came out with Rated R. Come on. Man. It was like, oh. <laughs> okay, okay Ray. <laughs> Which is a good album. Like, I love Rated R. But it was like, yeah, you could tell she was in a dark space. Yeah. The first song that played when I heard that, when I put this album on, I'm like, uh, yeah, I just came from vibing and partying with four. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, mood, mood just shifted here. Like, all right. Um, my non-single from this album. Ugh. Hmm. I think mine would be jealous. Um, I got two of them. Okay. 
uh, Rocket for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. uh, and Flawless. I I love everything about uh, her swag on Flawless. I even love when she performs Flawless. When that wasn't a single. No. Oh. It performed like a single. Um, yeah. Okay. That would have been mine too. I thought that was one of your singles. XO, Drunken Love, Partition, and Pretty Hurts. Mm, all right. I think um what happened with Flawless is what sort of happened with um Kiki, Do You Love Me? Is yeah, like the internet got hold to it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I think if they cause she don't even perform. Um, she does drunken love, she does partition, she doesn't do exo, she doesn't no, she do pretty doesn't. hurts. Yeah. But flawless is one of them things yeah. she performs. I think I, yeah, I I like the bravado that she gives on flawless, especially when she performs it. Um does Beyonce have a confessions album. I don't want you to run to Lemonade as what I'm saying to that is an album that world is renowned as this is, this is it. This is her work. This is going to set her aside from everybody else. I was listen, listening back through the catalog trying to figure out what her confessions album is. I would say lemonade. Yeah, but it was the most personal. It was the most personal. You mean like a confessions as in like Usher's confessions album or like confessions like true to the definition? No, Usher's confessions. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think lemonade without a doubt. There, there are braids. When you go to the when you go to the salon to get braids, that are called lemonade braids <laughs> because of the braids that Beyonce had in those visuals. I feel like this is such a like that's a that's a cheat code to just be like lemonade because yeah, it gave you. This is what's going on in my life, blah, 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 blah. But was it the album that culturally across the board, everybody is like, yeah, this this was it. Like, I should probably still spend in confessions money. That nigga probably. Albums that came out after confessions, I feel like for Usher were, eh, and they get compared to confessions. But so are you saying her catalog is compared will or will 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 be compared to lemonade i think so i think that was i think she was in her most vulnerable state i think people related to her more so than they they ever have um she was very honest and i think people were drawn to that a lot of people experienced the same thing it was like oh beyonce still <laughs> dealing with that too Really? And, you know, I think she got a lot of fans from it. 
So I think that I think lemonade is her her ceiling. Well, not her ceiling, but that that's the benchmark. See, I was talking to uh, one of my friends, um, Naj from Two Dope Smarks. I was talking to him, and I said to him, um, I mentioned Beyonce and Jay and the whole elevator situation. That elevator situation happened around the Beyonce album, and that's why we got um, Flawless and her saying, of course, some things don't go down when there's a billion dollars on the elevator. Like Before that happened, that was the first time we saw a glimpse into, holy hell, mm-hmm. they're normal, they fight. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. like That was the first time we ever got a glimpse into the Carters, and it wasn't necessarily... It was it was it was a it was a spicy look into the Carter's life because we had no idea what was going on in the elevator. We just had a muted video clip of Solange going crazy, and to get like just that small addressing it on Flawless to the album of Lemonade. Um. I listened to this album and I felt bad for Jay because she was in his ass from track one. <laughs> she had her foot in his ass from track one. <laughs> and I was like, damn, hold. Like, yeah, she was really in her bag and she was really in her feelings. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. At all, but listening to it, track one, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> all right. She about to let this nigga have it. She about to let this nigga have it for twelve for twelve yeah. tracks. Um, damn, where's this? All right, I'm I'm trying to go get the singles off of Lemonade because I'm trying to go off of what was a single and what wasn't just a cultural phenomenons. Singles, Formation, of course. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> when she let everybody know that Becky had good hair. Um, uh-huh. Hold up. Freedom. And All Night. I like Daddy Lessons. A lot. I like Forward and Sandcastles. Okay. But in in what we were saying, like um, this and four, you can literally put them side by side and be like, all right, close your eyes and just pick one because that, that'll be uh, her best work. But I did enjoy, uh, and I went back and after I finished uh, Lemonade, I went back and I listened to uh, Homecoming. Just because I know you said this started with you saying you were going to make the playlist of Homecoming. Yeah, I never got a chance to. I'm still going to do that, though. I went back and listened to it just um, because after hearing all albums, I'm like, yeah, you can definitely, when she puts her shows together, she's like, 
these are them. These are mm-hmm. the albums. Um, I don't think uh, she gets a lot of credit as being the best performer uh, in the world right now. Settle it. MJ, Beyonce. The better, the best performer? Mm-hmm. It's still Michael Jackson. The man wow. stand on stage at Super Bowl for two minutes while 50,000 people were just fainting at the mere sight of him standing in shades. I have a theory on the fainting. What's the theory? I think if Beyonce was a performer back in the whenever, you know, everybody was fainting over MJ, they probably would have been fainting over her as well. I think the access that we have now, there's no mystery, no mystique, no element of surprise. So I think that changes things. But if Beyonce was performing when, you know, she definitely would have had people fainting. That's neither. So that's my disqual like that's the disqualifier for me. Um and I could be biased because I'm a woman, but her getting ready for Coachella eight months prior to the date, coming off of a high-risk pregnancy, eating nothing but apples and drinking water and working 12, 15 hours a day. And put it on that show, set design, costume. Yeah, she wins it for me. Jay showed why, as a nigga, um, I related to him so much. But she called him so happy about being able to fit in her costume. That nigga was just like, "Great! <laughs> like you gonna you gonna wear it to rehearsal? Like, pull <laughs> me." And it's. <laughs> But and she had the dude hang up on her. Like she she didn't even grab the phone. She was like, Yeah, okay. And that guy was like, click. <laughs> but yeah, guys don't be caring about that. It's like, you know. I I, I laughed at that moment because I'm like, that nigga's just like any other guy. But it's like, yeah. fam, you you're married to Beyonce. And his his response was that would have been my response. Like, all right, nigga. Like okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just like it mattered to her getting a certain size and being conditioned and getting in shape and getting healthy. Eight months prior, like eight, you know, you could be doing it eight months. I know she makes me um, feel like I need to get in the gym because if she can do, and this is why I'm saying like, she has more tools accessible to her that Mike didn't have. If, like, I give her all the credit in the world for being the performer that she is and for putting on the shows because she she's very meticulous. She she does everything herself, picking out the dances, the band members, the like, doing the set design, like having the same costume. It's, it, it, you would think it's a one woman show. But it just shows how detailed and involved she is. Yeah. Um, homecoming. It may seem so minuscule to the people looking at it, but for 
her to sit in with the editing and them to be able to get down pack the dance move like match up the dance moves with the outfit changes like yeah. that, that's crazy because you literally are sitting there with um choreographers and saying the dance moves had to be in sync like I thought it was just the first time I saw it I was like oh snap that must be like a, a glitch where it just changed the outfit but like the hairstyles are different like she doesn't I was a- trying to figure out for a long time if she was lip syncing. And at one moment, I was like, yeah, this is definitely recorded. Then moments later, I would see her like breathe, like, like catch a quick breath and then keep singing. I'm like, wait a minute. That ain't sound like no recording. And I'm like, she really singing? And I was confused. Like, I'm usually really good at, you know, being able to. I'm like, nah, she ain't singing that. That's a recording. But I couldn't figure out if she had recorded that or if she was really singing. In some instances, she sound better than the recorded version of the because, same. And then also, the very high impact, like the... The songs that she would be dancing a lot to didn't require a lot of vocal ability. Like, it was no vocal range needed for it. So I'm like, okay, if I'm not, if I'm noticing that, then she knows that. So she probably purposely picked a song that she can sing and dance to without, you know, sounding crazy. Because the range is very, you know, low or average or whatever. So I'm like, well, maybe she is singing. I don't know. And it was bugging me out. So I'm like, is she singing or not? Like, I really wanted to know. Like, is it recorded? Like, obviously, the steppers and, like, you know, some of that stuff was recorded. But I'm like, is she really singing this live? And I couldn't figure it out the whole two two hours and change. It was inconclusive. I think she did some of both where she was singing to a track on some songs, like you said, where she had to do more dancing, but on other songs, you can hit, like, album version will sound one way and the stuff she was doing, you'd be like, alright, that ain't no, uh, <laughs> that ain't the version of uh, Flawless I'm used to, or any one of them songs. Um... But yeah, I don't I don't think she gets enough credit for uh being as good a performer as she is. But Mike, um Yeah, I don't know if you have like a, a the the history DVD of Michael's uh concerts, whatever have you, but or even looked at this is it. Like at fifty years old, that nigga was still like Yeah. One of my favorite moments in This Is It is when the, I'm guessing the director, he's trying to tell Michael to do something and he's like, ah, like doing all these dance moves and the guy's like trying to talk to him and he's trying to figure out like (laughs) what dance move he want to do. He's like, Michael, (laughs) (laughs) he's doing all these kicks. And the guy's just like <laughs> standing there, like I'm trying to have a moment, and this nigga just keep dancing. But yeah, and it would be like one A one B to me. 
I don't think it's like Mike is just reigning supreme anymore as the greatest entertainer of all time. You know what I mean? Like that all time stuff is meant to be is meant to be broken at some point. You know what I mean? Like MJ is not gonna always be the GOAT. You know? I everyone's trying to move in. Michael Jordan, I meant. I know who you meant. Um, I th- I think everyone's moving in the direction to try to get him out of there at that as that uh, goat status, but certain things just. I mean, I hear you. You're not meant to be the goat forever, but yeah, I, I don't know if I I agree with that. Something has to drastically come along for you to lose that status. I think it was homecoming. Beachella, that was that that was her moment. That was like, okay, this is not just about money for you or fame. You really take you really take this art thing serious. You're really in tune with um even in the the documentary she was saying like something's missing because it's not really translating the way that I have it in my mind. You know what I mean? So it was like it wasn't just about getting the band and getting some singers and getting some dancers. It was like she was really trying to uh, portray a message and she really thought deeply about it and, and was troubled when it wasn't really coming together like she envisioned it to, 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 to come out. So it was like, I don't know, I just saw her in a whole different light um, with this documentary. Like she really, the eight month thing was just crazy to me. Coming off the pregnancy, not eating any food, like that, like, she had twin babies at home. Like she had twin babies at home, a, a four-year-old, five-year-old, however old Blue is. I think she's six now. It was just like the dedication, you know what I mean? She's not human. That's not something that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unworldly. What I laughed watching that homecoming thing, because I'm like the end result, and that's a lot. A lot of times we see the end result and be like, "Oh, this was a great show," but she seems like she's a she's a a bitch in rehearsals. Like, yeah, no, we. I know, I know, y'all doing your best, but we still we still have six more takes to go. <laughs> we don't got it right. Like, yeah. but that's just like you said. She has an idea in her mind. She sees it a certain way, and she wants to make sure that it comes across how she sees it. And I, I don't fault her for that. Like, sometimes you got to do. I used to hate being in choir rehearsal. The niggas play like, oh, one more time. I'm like, fam. I'm like, <laughs> horse, my feet hurt. I want to sit down. Like, screw yeah. the one more time. We got it. It's, it's good. We we can pack it up and go home, but yeah, that that's um. Shout out to her for that, and also the sixty million she got from Netflix. Uh, do we think a Beyonce album is coming? I think so. I I, I do too. I don't think she would have put that out for nothing not to be coming down the pipeline. Do you like the uh, "Before I Let Go" rendition? 
Uh, I said I was going to play it up here once or twice. I don't know how I feel about this before I let go of rendition. Yeah, I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't, it wasn't like, I saw a lot of people saying she ruined the song. No, I don't know if she ruined it. Like, I don't know. I just got, I got to live with it a few more times, you know, played outside at a barbecue or something. Oh, you're not going to escape it at a barbecue. Yeah. I wasn't mad at it. I don't know if I love it yet, but I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I don't know. You we'll mean this guy? Summer. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Um, 60 mil. Uh, uh, nigga, all right. I, I see the time, and I don't want to hold you much longer. But the act, my nigga. Oh, hold on. I didn't see it yet. I didn't see this week's. I didn't see this week's either. But so you're, you're caught up up until this week. Yeah. What do you think of the goddamn act? That is sick, bro. Like that. The mom is sick. Her mom's was sick. Gypsy's boyfriend, that nigga, is sick. All right. So, because Tiffany's in the medical field, she was telling me that her mom, there's an actual disease where you think um, something is wrong and it's not. Mm-hmm. So she kept going to, like, uh, these different doctors because it was like, okay, well, maybe something's wrong. And I kept saying, nobody's checking the charts. Like, the, the one doctor that... Right. Looked, I'm like, fam. Yeah, it was the First, one doctor when she went to the emergency room. He's like, she doesn't have like any sugar. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and the lady crying, like, yes, she does. And he's like, yo, you're bugging. She's fine. But yeah, it's crazy people like that, and you get placebos. Bro. When Gypsy. All right, for those, I don't want to spoil it too much, but when she walked the first time, I was like, nigga, why don't you do this more often? <laughs> like, you gonna push you around, get up and leave. She's sick, too. It's like, even the part when she was at the, the guy's house when she was falling in love with, and her mom just showed up and knocked, like, damn near bust his door down. And then she started crying, and Gypsy ran home with her, and then she started abusing her all over again. It's like, yo, what's wrong with you? I You're 19, to, nigga. Like, you put. I had to rewatch that. About the over. age. I'm like, yo, this lady is nuts. I had to rewatch it over because I'm like, did he do something? Did he come on to her? And I'm like, nope. She definitely just was like. Yeah. Yeah. Because at first, I fell asleep. for Like, I was falling asleep. I'm like, all right, maybe I missed something. So I went back and washed it over. I'm like, fam, this nigga did nothing. He was minding his business. Minding his business. But I'm probably going to hell um, because episode <laughs> five, I laughed way <laughs> too hard when they were having video sex I laughed. No, you're... <laughs> way, 
I'm I, like, I'm not even joking. Like, I was choking. I was laughing so hard because, like, the nigga had autism. She was slow, but like, I'm like, why? Why did they do this? Like, the open episode, like the. I was no good. Like, I had to pause it at least three times because I just kept rewinding it back. And I was laughing harder and harder <laughs> and harder. <laughs> uh, That's sick, bro. If you go back and look at episode five, I guarantee you, you will laugh <laughs> just as I did. I mean, I'm going back watching that. <laughs> I, I need you. There's no back. way. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and watch episode five for me and just put emojis on my whatever. Text me, Facebook me, but I just need you to put emojis after you watch episode. <laughs> oh man. That, those niggas are sick. Um I don't have a show for the week because if you ain't gonna see Endgame, I don't know what to tell you. That's my show. Nigga, go see Endgame. Go get your broke ass up and go buy a ticket to go see Endgame. Just sold out everywhere. Nigga, sit in the front seat at one of them shows and be happy. Uh, my show for the week is All American. It's um, out on Netflix now. I believe it's a CW TV show. That has wrapped, so it's on Netflix now, and season two um, drops this fall, if I'm not mistaken. All American. All American. Endgame. Um, I'm not going to say get your excuses ready. I'm going to say get your emotional development day together, because after Game of Thrones on Sunday... Best of luck to the Starks. Huh? Best of luck to the Starks. Tony, Brand, Sansa. Do you do you have an idea of who you think is going to die? On Sunday. Oof. Eight Yo, minutes. Episode two was like a total mind. <laughs> that joint was set up for like everybody to die. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole, if the whole cast just died, but obviously that like that wouldn't be. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the hound. I'm thinking the hound will die. Um, uh, only reason why I don't think the hound's gonna die is because I think they're building up to him in the mountain. You think so? That's the everybody else. I'm not sure. Um. Definitely those guys that he was that he came back to uh Winterfell with. Yeah. Um Grey Worm. That nigga's out of here. Yeah. Oh dickless nigga, you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Grey That uh kiss goodbye, that was it. That was Yeah. It. Yeah, the kiss sealed it for me. I was like, oh, okay. He won't be back. Masandi, sorry. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not ready. I'm telling you. I'm not ready. Between Endgame Saturday, I'm going to see Endgame Saturday. Between Endgame Saturday and an hour and 20 minutes of of night. The Night King scares me. I'm sorry. I don't care. I, I saw, frightening I, as hell. I saw Endgame. I'm... 
waiting for Game of Thrones, um, I told Tiffany, just uh, let me be. I'm probably going to watch all 82 minutes of Game of Thrones as if I were watching my favorite team play in the final two minutes because I stand up my like with the... <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I, I stand up with the uh, soldier boy hands closed on my like very nervous I'm going to be standing for 82 minutes on Sunday because I, I don't know what the heck is going to happen yeah uh, I, I can't imagine I really can't imagine so don't get your excuses get your <laughs> emotional development day <laughs> for Monday you're going to need it oh man but yeah. That is all that I have. Uh-huh. I think this is a good one. I think this is a good one. I think so too. Doing pretty good, kid. Oh. All right. Oh. You're so nice. All right. All right. All right. I'm out, niggas. Yep.